I have a gift. And I may have always had this where like people will tell me things and then go, I can't believe I just told you that. <laughs> I either am very easy to talk to or super nosy or possibly both. Podcast Junkies, episode number 35. This week we are with Jessica Kupferman. Jessica and I met through a mutual acquaintance, Elsie uh, Escobar. She's the host of the Lips in the Feed podcast. And also with Jessica, she's the co-host of uh, She Podcasts. Now, what's funny about that show is that it's a podcast targeted at women podcasters. And I once I knew that Elsie was part of it, I had to listen anyway. So I'm sort of like a fly on the wall for that podcast. It's not specifically targeted at me, but I get a lot of value out of the show. And the minute I heard Jessica on it, I knew I had to have her on the show as well. She's really just a bundle of energy. She speaks her mind, definitely. She's, I guess you could call her sassy. Um, And I knew we'd hit it off uh, because she's just irreverent and has a fantastic sense of humor. She started out uh, selling banner advertising for businesses. And she moved her way into marketing and design for some pretty big companies, including Leisure Fitness, Subaru, and Bank of America. And then she also used to run an event magazine for car collectors and uh, transitioned from all of that into becoming an entrepreneur. And then she started her Lady Business podcast. And uh, also uh, after doing that for about a year and a half, she also partnered with uh, Elsie to do the uh, sheet podcasts. So I reached out to Elsie once I, I I heard the both of them together on the show, and she was able to make the connection for me. And we spoke um, and had a, a really fun time. So she's she's she just had a child as well. So she was off the show, the sheet podcast show, for a couple of uh, a couple of months, and Elsie was holding down the fort. And those episodes were interesting as well. So. We chat about a whole bunch of things, how she got started into podcasting, how she loves to just speak her mind, and obviously she's going to have in, input and a point of view about the current uh, rash of podcasting that seems to be all about Dashpreneur and Dash on Fire, which, as you'll hear, <laughs> really gets under her skin. So hopefully you'll enjoy that episode, uh, this episode, and as always, uh, send any feedback to the show on uh, podcastjunkies.com. Thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by ProdConf, short for Productivity Conference. ProdConf is a one-day intensive, and it's the type of event that I created because I wanted to have like-minded entrepreneurs and changemakers in the room. I've got, gathered a fantastic group of speakers together so that uh, they can impart some of their wisdom on you. These are, these are folks that have had... Uh, very good success in their businesses. Folks like Jordan Harbinger, um, Natalie Sisson, and Jason Gaynard, Mike Vardy, just to name a few. Um, the, the thing that makes this different in my mind, this conference, is that it's going to be uh, more intimate than I had originally planned because I thought it was going to be general admission, but over the past couple of weeks, I f- felt that there was more value in getting uh, a like-minded group of folks in the room to uh, work off the topic of productivity, but more importantly, understand that you are the sum of the five people you associate yourself with. And in this case, 
given that it's such a small group of folks, it's the, the 50 people we're going to be associating ourselves with. So these are folks who are successful in their own right. Um, and I've always felt that you need to have people in the room that lift you up and, and make you smarter. Uh, like Jason Gaynor likes to, likes to say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably probably in the wrong room. So um, we, we want to use productivity as a touch point, but it's not just going to be a bunch of tips. I think it's really going to be uh, thought to be thought of as a mastermind where we, we take one day. It's going to be interactive. We're going to have the speakers uh, focus on one topic for their talks. And then uh, we'll take those topics as a jumping off point to dig a little deeper. There'll be a workbook involved and you'll have some takeaways, solid takeaways at the end of the day so that you really feel that you got the most out of the day and you learned a lot about yourself, how to make yourself more productive, um, but also how to take your business um, and any other endeavors you're working on to the next level because you're just that much more efficient. Being busy it, just for the sake of busyness is, is not really pr- productivity in my mind. It's really a mindset shift. And I think the folks that are going to be in this room, the speakers and the attendees, all realize the importance uh, of getting together on this topic. Um, And every now and then just kind of resetting and figuring out what you need to do to take yourself and your business to the next level. So I hope you can make it. Check out the website. It's prodconf.com. A slightly easier to remember URL is downtownproductivity.com. So you can check that out as well. Uh, And if you're interested, there's an application button there. You can apply. Um, I'm going through the applications myself. Uh, I really want to get the right group of folks in the room. So hopefully uh, you can apply soon. Um, spaces are filling up. And I hope to see you there. It's going to be in downtown Los Angeles. Thanks. And now on to our interview with Jessica. So Jessica Kupferman, thank you so much for being a guest on Podcast Junkies. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I think I need to... I think. Depending on when these come out, I might have uh, not Ladies' Night, but Ladies' Month, because <laughs> the next couple of interviews I have coming up are all with uh, fantastic podcasting women. That's awesome. So it's very cool. Yeah, I, I did I've, that for Valentine's Day last year. I had um, for my show all guy interviews. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And so you you I've been an entrepreneur since about 2005, if I read read correctly, and podcasting since about 2013. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm wondering why with um, the podcast that you were listening to at the time you felt that there was a need to start uh, Lady Business uh, Radio podcast. Um, to be honest with you, it was completely selfish um, and power hungry reasons. <laughs> like, like I, like I, um, I sort of was noticing the entrepreneurial podcasts, um, and at the time. I guess it was Smart Passive Income and um, Amy Porterfield had one, Entrepreneur on Fire, and uh, Lewis Howes was just starting School of Greatness. Those are the ones that I noticed, and I sort of felt like they would never have me on. Like Even Amy Porterfield's guests were mostly dudes, and um, yeah. I sort of felt like – I mean like I, I – I just knew so many women with interesting stories. Well, first of all, I, I would just say that a lot of those, um, in fact, all of those shows didn't really ask the questions that I wanted to know, which were like, like, how do you manage your day? Like, what do you do with your kids? Like, I mean, Pat Flynn has, you know, he's a stay at home dad and his wife is a stay at home mom and his kids are there all the time. Like, I wanted to know, like, you know, I just wanted to ask them stuff about like how they manage their lives really because I think women entrepreneurs 
that's equally as important as how did you get your last thousand followers? Yeah, I think that's a good point because it's almost like they were showing the polished version, right? They were showing like, this is what happens. Yeah. Like, you don't understand. Like, you don't see what's happening behind the scenes and the, and the kids screaming. <laughs> it's and always the polished version. It's always the how do you get successful version. And, and that, you know, not, not that I'm not interested in being successful, but I think that managing your life is a huge part of that. And so I didn't feel like, you know, I wanted to talk to women about how they manage being successful and, you know, cause I thought maybe it would help some of us who, um, are almost there, but can't seem to, you know, is it because of fear? Is it because of lack of daycare? Is it because they're working from home and they get distracted? Is it because they can't be productive? Like whatever it is, those things are equal as important as like how you use Facebook. Yeah. So, um, so that's really why I started the show. And then, and then of course, you know, it was because I felt like, um, I wasn't going to be featured on those shows anyway, so I may as well just start my own. <laughs> yeah, I think what you tend to see with those, uh, at least in the beginning, is it's it's almost like this inner circle, closed circle, and everyone starts uh, incestually <laughs> yeah. interviewing each other, and then you see everyone on the same show, and then you start to hear um these people it's almost like if you've heard them once you've heard them dozens of times because dozens and dozens every <laughs> webinar every podcast and it gets old yeah very old i'm i'm super over it i guess most of your audience probably is too yeah i mean i think what's happening and I'm, I'm sure my audience at some point probably gets tired of me talking about it but it's the whole effect of the dash version of the dashpreneur or version of the dash on fire um where everyone is taking a cookie cutter approach and and said well if if this is what's hot at the moment then this is what i'm going to use as my model for jumping on on the bandwagon you know it's really a shame too because i've been on entrepreneur on fire and i have to say like the reason that works for john is truly because he's john yeah like it can't like that approach would never work for me because i can't I can't use the same five questions and make them sound new every time. But yet somehow when I was being interviewed by him, it sound, you know, it felt new to me, even though I've heard the show and there's, you know, and they're basically the same questions. Yeah. Um, but that's a skill, you know, he, maybe he was born with that skill. I don't know how he would have honed it. Cause I know he started a show from doing something else, I guess, corporate real estate. Um, but people who copy him are making a huge mistake and doing, you know, and doing a show that isn't quite them because they want to model his success. And so often in podcasting, and I'm sure you have experienced this as well, it's successful because you are yourself, because you become the product. The host becomes the product and you can't be the product if you're being John. Yeah, you, there's no way you're going to re replicate that. And I think um, you you mentioned on one of your, I think you were, I think it was actually on She Podcast, and we'll talk about that as your your co-hosted show with Elsie Escobar. But I think you were saying that if uh, if your show is the same as other shows, then it's not amazing, and and that you go out of your way to 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 be different because that's what you do. Yeah, but yes, I do. But you know, I've always kind of, I've done that whether I was podcasting or not. Like I like I have a tendency to not buy the black leather jacket. You know, I would prefer to wear red. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I. I, I just am always, I don't, I don't know. I, just, I don't feel the need to, to do what everyone else is doing. And it, you know, just cause it makes you stand out in New York city, not wearing black doesn't mean it's not good for me here in Philadelphia. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, it not necessarily means like 
you can't be amazing, but but how can it be great if it's the same as someone else's? It can't. Yeah, I think a lot of times the ones that the the shows that at least I'm drawn to and I'm attracted to are the people who have uh, have the personality, who have their own voice, and that's really one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you because. Um, I had heard about your show, and I mean, I, I didn't listen to your original podcast, but I, uh, I'm, I'm actually, I told Elsie uh, that I'm that I'm a, a fan of uh, she That's podcasts awesome. <laughs> because um, this this show interviews other podcasters, so I'm always fascinated to talk to veterans who've been doing it for a while. You know, Dave Jackson, Daniel J. Lewis, I've talked to Ray Ortega and and Elsie mm-hmm. as well, and I'm just uh, always interested in, in other people's. Uh, um, perspectives on pod- yeah. on podcasting, and also people that are interesting and funny and and um, re- I guess real, you know, for for lack of a better term. And, and you definitely come across as that uh, in your conversations with Elsie. Thank you. <laughs> I was I was catching up on uh, I think I, I when I reached out to Elsie to to reach out to you, I said I, I put in my subject line. I put shh, don't tell anyone, but I'm a fan of she podcasts. <laughs> We get that all the time. I just got one today that was like, dude fan of your show. <laughs> it's like they have to call it out. I mean, I, I love that men listen to it. I think that's amazing. That's awesome. And actually, Harry, I just have to say, I think you're a genius for interviewing other podcasters because in my experience, they are by far the best guests. Yeah. By far. I mean, yeah. if you compare a podcaster to someone who is like, you know, sort of more tech oriented, you'll get a better show out of a podcaster anytime because they love to talk and they're good. And and they've got good equipment, <laughs> right? Well, right, and the audio—that's a good point too. And the audio is always teller. That's true. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. So if, um, and, and like when I started, I just—I mean, I had a bunch on my on my on my app that I would just folks that I listened to, and I just started reaching out to those folks. And then obviously, um, I've, I've probably could have could have reached out to more folks. And I think uh, this is a topic that you've talked about recently as well. Like at, at some point. There's a, probably a, a dozens and dozens of people that ha- want to be on your show, and then yeah. you, you have to decide. Okay, I'm just want to fill up the numbers. I want to get my, you know, whatever it is, my one a week, two a week, three a week, whatever it is in, and and I just want to get volume, volume, volume. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if that's something that you went through or that you struggled with as you started, because you're close to what is a uh, hundred and something episodes now, right? Yeah. And obviously, there's there's probably varying degrees of um, excitement, if you'll call it, or, or interest, or just you know engagement to to go that. And I'm curious, maybe for myself as well, when you get to those numbers, mm-hmm. um, are all the interviews the, the same for you, or, do, or are there some that stand out, and why do they stand out? You know, um, yeah. I mean, at first, it wasn't just to get content. At first. I said yes to anyone who would ask because my mission and purpose was to give women entrepreneurs a voice. But then I started noticing that many of them have the same voice. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's kind of sad, but it's like, okay, I started to, you know, I had to develop standards because if their voice, also if their voice was fresh and, and by that, I mean, you know, like they've had their business like three months, they're not going to offer the same as somebody who's been seasoned and gone through some mistakes and failures and changes. Um, so part of the way I filter now is I, I go based on experience and also if they have a unique perspective or a unique skill that no one else has is, uh, has is, that's not a word. Has. <laughs> it is now. It is now. Yeah. Um, and so that's part of it. And then I think um, 
I mean, I don't even know. I, now I don't remember if I even answered your question, but, but, um, I have to filter based on whether or not it's unique and whether or not they have experience. Um, and whether or not I feel excited to talk to them Mm -hmm. because I have noticed that certain, uh, there are certain genres that aren't interesting to talk to for me anymore. Like I don't, (laughs) I don't want to talk about holistic business anymore, really, you know, or, and actually I noticed that, um, Certain guests I've had on that like do dance class or or exercise class like they're not they're not good interviewers and not because they're not interesting people but I think just because they don't talk and communicate I don't know they're just not good at interviews. For do you think some do you think it has something to do with um, whether they need to whether they uh, I don't know are, are do public speaking or or do they you know. Do they communicate on a regular basis as as a part of their job that that might have something to do with it? Yeah, I think yeah. If there's no communication on a regular basis, then they're they're either nervous or very quiet during an interview. And then I find not when people say that they're introverted, but that they're um, I don't know shy or you know I you know I haven't done very many and this you know I I should I should make more of an effort to feel people out because those who are quiet and shy. Um, are not always good interviewers. And, and that's not to say like, okay, so for example, Natalie Lussier is typically a very shy person, even though she um, has her own podcast and she does a video show. She was a great interview because mm-hmm. she's not afraid to be interviewed. But I think, I, I think I just, when you test someone out, you need to know like, are they, do they know how to give an answer to your question that's juicy or do they just do like the yes, no, maybe type thing? That's never good. Do you find that, uh, did you see your in yourself that you got better with asking the 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 question in the right way to elicit like a more detailed response from people? Yes, I, I find yes, and, and I can usually about fifteen twenty minutes in. I also take a good ten fifteen minutes to sort of BS at the beginning of the show and warm them up, and that's. But I mean, I'm recording it; it's part of the show. Yeah. But um. I want the audience to sort of warm up to them and get to know them too before I get into the meat. So I just sort of BS with them about like, I don't know, like the weather or if there's something that's going on, like, I don't know, like the Super Bowl or whatever we can talk about, like, or if I'll, you know, I have kind of a, an ex- I don't want to say extensive, but I have a good enough questionnaire where I can pull out something, inter- like name some stuff that you're into that may or may not be business related. And so I've learned that people are like herb gardeners or like ice skaters, <laughs> You know, and I start asking them about that stuff and it sort of warms them up to me. But And then that'll work. Now, it, now if that doesn't warm them up to me, it's not going to be a good interview. I can tell pretty much, you know, within 15 minutes. And then I'll know, like, when I do get into the meat, do I need to ask them a question flat out? Or can I feed, you know, you know, have you ever feed answers? Yeah. So you can say, like, um, if somebody is not doing well as an interviewer, you can say, so do you find that this happens or do you find that this happens? And can you explain why? And yeah, this way, yes. I've given, you know what I mean? I've given them a choice and I make them tell me more than one sentence. You yeah, know? really try to stay away from the, the yes or no questions. Yeah, absolutely. Did you hear the, uh, the not, well, maybe not the creative live course with... Um, the guy from startup, but uh, also Tim Ferriss had him on as well. Uh, I'm totally blanking. Um, is his name Andrew or something? What that's, what's that dude's name? The startup guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, Elsie to- talks about him a lot. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I just listened to him. But yeah, he, uh-huh. he, he, he had a creative life course and then 
Tim Ferriss. Alex. Yeah. Yeah. And Al, um, Tim Ferriss had him on, and he actually put half an hour of that course on there, which I, I thought was really fantastic. And he had excerpts from his show, and he talks about how you build a story and how you build anticipation for people to be yeah. like, oh, what's next? Sort of like these these cliffhangers. And you're like, oh, I want to hear. And, and, and they intersperse that with like a break. And you're like, after the break, and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I want to hear what's going to happen next. Yeah. Um, so do you, you – know, I, I was going to ask um, sorry. when – did you know a lot about your early guests when you had them on or just, you know, if they expressed an interest, then you brought them on the show and then you sort of through the process of the interview figured out like how you were going to structure it and, you know, what sort of topics you were going to talk about? So like my first 20 guests were friends, people yeah. that I knew really well. And um, I had a structure that worked sometimes and didn't work other times. So when I first started, they were my friends and I, and I wanted to talk about like, I wanted segments. So like I wanted there to be like tech Tuesdays and then Mm. like business Thursdays or just whatever. But I found that the show I was doing didn't always correlate with the guests. So like one of the times I was interviewing like my friend Lisa Byrne and I wanted to talk, but I also wanted to talk about a change with Twitter and she's like never on Twitter. So she had zero to say about what I was talking about. And I was like, these segments, you know, I can't, I can't rely on that. You know, even if I send them an article, cause in saying like, I want to talk about this, they're still not going to have anything to say about it if they don't use it or. Yeah. So I ditched the segments and decided I was just going to use the time to, to BS basically. Um, because I found that the feedback I was getting from listeners was that they really liked when I did that anyway, that it was so much more interesting than, you know, whatever else we were talking about. So I just kind of went with it. And I, and I find that, um, I have a gift and I may have always had this where like people will tell me things and then go, I can't believe I just told you that (laughs) I either am very easy to talk to or super nosy or possibly both. Yeah. Um, but, but I find that people are like, like Andrea Owen was on my show and she was telling me about this time where she like had like an accident in her khaki, like she like, you know, like Peter pants or something. And then she was like, I can't believe I just told you that on the show. <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea why you did, but I'm definitely publishing it. Thanks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, Fantastic. Good yeah, for me. Yeah. That's uh that pod, that's podcasting gold right there. That's yeah. I mean, right. You can't, you, yeah. She's never getting that back ever. Um, so so I find that it just works better if I can just like talk to people, you know, it's sort of like I lull them into my trap like an evil spider <laughs> and then they just tell me their whole life. It's wonderful. Well, it's interesting because you put, um, I know when you, when I was looking at your, um, the website or the about, about Jessica for your show, you give the, the, the overview of, of your entrepreneurial journey and how you started the podcast. But I love mm-hmm. the fact that you had this like this extra section that talks about how you're an Apple fan girl and how you're a, a huge fan of the best hair care products and yeah. <laughs> just random, random tidbits like that, which are conversation starters, but are also, sh- you know, show your ability to just not take yourself too seriously and just, you know, be open about who you are. I think that stuff is the most important thing. And in fact, I did like a little um, challenge, like a free challenge on Facebook. I call it Facebook foreplay because I <laughs> <laughs> actually great. it was hard to get an ad to stick when you call something that just as a just as a tip for yeah. your listeners. Um, but I, I find that the more off topic I get, the better I do on Facebook. So like if I post about random nonsense 
I get so many likes and comments, but it actually does really lead to more business because people, you know, it's, I mean, the no like and trust cannot be underestimated. The more people feel like they know you, the more they will think of you first. And so if you talk about like, I don't know, like I'm a business consultant. If I talk about like the best ways of using Twitter or the best things to do on your website, they don't feel like they know me. But if I talk about how I burned dinner and got, you know, spit up on by the baby all day, I mean, they feel like they've had that day with me and then they're more likely to say, oh yeah, I want to work with her because I feel like I already know her. Yeah, they resonate with you. Yeah, even if, you know, even if they're not new moms or old moms, and I'm both, because I have kids that are in high school and a new baby. Yes, congratulations, by the way. Yeah, thank you. So, um, so yeah, so talking about him, you know, and not even like, oh, I have a new baby, you know, and I'm not doing like the whole like savoring every moment, which I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I totally am, but like, that's not self-revealing. It's much more revealing to say that like out of all three kids, this is the one that's the most pleasant, but also like the biggest mess. He is the biggest mess <laughs> what, of what? any child I've had. Like he, he doesn't just spit up a little, like he does full fledged covering <laughs> the room and vomits. Project, project, projectile. He is the worst, but he's so pleased with himself afterwards. You can't like <laughs> fault him for it. Anyway. Yeah, I'm, get, so, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting uh, visions of, uh, what is it? Amityville horror. Yes. Oh my God. But he's, yes. I mean, and like he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't make a messy diaper unless it's like up to his belly button. It's ridiculous. Thanks for those visuals. It's awesome. Thank you. Hey, no problem. <laughs> uh, I didn't tell you what color or anything. So, that, no. you know. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, so that stuff I think is much more, you know, you wouldn't think it would be more valuable than your expertise, but in a lot of ways it is. Uh, similarly, you know, people always say like, they used to say when Facebook first started, like, I don't care what you had for lunch. But people really do. Yeah. They really do care what you had for lunch. Well, the thing is the people that are interested in you care. And so they're going to follow you. And then the minute you post that, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, haha, that's funny. And the people that don't resonate with that and say like, oh, that's TMI. And it's like they're going to people that either unfollow you or just are not going to provide a comment. I mean, just do it. Just do an experiment and ask for a meatloaf recipe and see how much. <laughs> See how much um, engagement you get. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. I may actually try to do that myself. And then once you get that kind of engagement, your next post will be seen more. That's the trick. It's so funny because sometimes it's the stuff that you uh, don't think about too much that that has the biggest impact. Mm -hmm. and, and And the stuff that you just over over analyze and say okay today i'm going to create the perfect post or the, the perfect newsletter and I'm, and I'm going to make sure i triple check this and i've got all the keywords and the hashtags in there or whatever it is you need to do for that for that medium and then you post it out and it's like crickets and you're like oh man and then the day you're just like rushing to get a, a post out or an, or or an email out or an update and you just yeah. put like two lines there and it's all misspelled and that's that's the one that gets all the attention yeah or the day you accidentally post a picture of a hamster in a sweater that's the day <laughs> You get like the most engagement you've ever had. How do you accidentally post that, by the way? Well, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> you don't accidentally do that. But I was thinking on Pinterest, like I, that's my top most shared pin after like all the episodes and all the articles and all the resources for social media and digital business, the hamster and the turtleneck. That's the one. So that, yeah, that was my follow-up question. So you do have a hamster in the sweater. I do. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, I mean, and I started Pinterest a long time ago, so it's an old picture now. But like, I just was amazed at how much engagement that got, and not the stuff you want to get, which is sort of what sparked my 
little science experiments about what gets the most engagement. And I, I mean, it's important that you, that you BS a little about yourself because I think it really helps you in business. If that's the goal. I mean, I don't even know if your, your listeners give a crap about how much engagement they get on Facebook or not, but I'm just saying, um, you know, if they, most people like to feel visible and noted, even, you know, I have friends that say you always get so much on your stuff and nobody ever gives a crap about my pictures. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I have to reveal a lot about myself. That's why. That's like, well, yeah, well, yeah, it's like a woe is me type thing. <laughs> yeah. No one loves me. <laughs> What's, uh, I, it's funny you, you ask about like who my listeners are. And I think about that as well. And I've been in some, um, uh, mastermind groups where we talk about that. And obviously, it's folks who are interested in other podcasters. But I think right now, like I'm creating the podcast that I would like to hear. And that's why I try to have the guests on that I would like to talk to. And I think over the long term, um, I, I could probably be clearer about my quote unquote avatar. But I think uh, I'm trying not to overthink it. And I just want to have very, very cool, and interesting conversations with, with podcasters and, and then take it from there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, so over the long term, and it's something you touched upon with, uh, so you have another show, Cheap Podcasts, and that's yeah. with Elsie Escobar um, yeah. from uh, Lipson. She's the community co- coordinator, community, I always get that. that yeah, that. <laughs> community manager for Lipson. Community yeah. manager. Um, so I had her on, and she was a blast. And, um, yeah, so sweet. When she was on, her daughter was on, and her daughter kept interrupting. And at the end, I actually left most of that on. <laughs> yeah, the, the, because her interactions—it was probably with May, with May. Yeah, and May is is like her nemesis, kind of when it comes to podcasting. It's hilarious. And so She's, it was. It was very nice. I think I thought it was very sweet because it's just like it, it shows that it, it doesn't have to be like a super perfectly edited show. And you know, I got some really good feedback from folks on that. Her interactions with May are my favorite because she's showing such patience and, you know, and her and her daughter is usually, uh, I mean, I can't, oftentimes when I'm speaking with her, she has to go wipe. She always says, I'm sorry, I have to go wipe a butt. I'll be right back. <laughs> she's like so cute about it. Like she, you know, they're, they're, they're a very cute little family. And so, yeah, it's smart that you left it in because I think, I think she and her children are so charming. And so what's funny with, uh, with you guys is that you literally like um talk about anything i mean you guys were so happy to reconnect in the in the last episode and it was like i don't think you even cared who the heck was listening because you were just dropping like uh (laughs) the curse words and the ranting about your husband who's not not stepping up and i was just laughing the whole time i mean it just thought it was fly on the wall conversation which i thought was so much that was my favorite yeah, you know, I regret that now a little bit because there's been a remix about me uh, doing that line where I said, "I said like if when I say bounce, you bounce." Um, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I we were think, really happy. Yeah. To re- we were definitely happy to reconnect. I didn't mean. I don't always mean to curse as much as I as I do necessarily. But that particular episode, we were talking. It was a lady rant, I guess, and we were talking about. You know, how to podcast or get along with life and, and the things that we experience versus men. And, and it's true. Like, I do feel like men with families have a choice about when they can do things and when they can't because they have the mommy to sort of take care of whomever so they can go do what they got to do. And like, I don't always feel like my time is a choice. Huh. 
So it, it's annoying. You know, it's anno- it, it annoys me even to be sitting and feeding the baby late at night and to have my husband go, I think I want some grapes. Would you like anything? <laughs> it's like my hands are full. I can't eat grapes. Like enjoy your life. So he can sit there and feed them to you. I mean, and he ha- and he did actually. He fed me a few, but like even that annoying. Just the whole thing is annoying. Like here, why don't you have the baby and I'll eat the grapes, jerk? <laughs> and he's not a jerk. Like it's not his fault, but I don't know. It's I just something it, I didn't expect to feel. I guess. Well, I think it's great because it gives uh, at least guys a, a you know a unique perspective, and, and I think if you know if, if they don't hear these types of conversations, sometimes they're just left in the dark and, and they're clueless. Yeah, I, I think so too. And he's certainly not doing anything wrong, and he's very helpful. And he'll do whatever I ask. It's just, um, again, it's an un- it's something I didn't expect to experience, and so I guess I got I got a little animated. Plus, Elsie is a very good audience. So if you are, <laughs> yeah. if you're funny, she kind of brings it out more because she's she's an appreciative audience. That's that's very funny. Like sometimes um, I make jokes and and my wife groans and she's like, Ugh, "That's not funny." And then, or if we're the, if we're a friend and I've got literally just one friend laugh, I'm like, "See, it's funny." Like one person thinks it's funny, and then that's right. Sometimes that's all you need. That's how you know if the tree falls in the forest, right? If one person laughs, then you're funny. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's so, how you know. Or even if you can, I mean, it sort of counts if you can make yourself laugh. I think, but yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the first test. Does that count? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you guys hook up? Because um, how, how long have you known Elsie? I have known her since 2011. We took B school together, Marie Forleo's ah. school. Yes, there's, there's. And at the time, it was a very, very small class. So uh, I think the first B school was like she might have taken it the year before me. Okay. Um, but so at the time, the Facebook group for B school was like 400 people, okay. which isn't very much. And so we got to, you know, those who were active in the group, we got to know each other pretty well just in working through the kinks of setting up our business and our website and our opt-ins and our this and our that. I mean, now it's like 12,000 people and the launch just started um, last week. Yeah, it's so funny because you you know it's B-School time and you start seeing everyone trying to make it sound as natural as possible in their emails. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so that and so again with my desire to be different, it's difficult. Like, yeah, I just got one this morning that's like, um, it was so casual. I had no idea it was going to be about B school because it said um, it was uh, one of my uh, one of her friends actually, and my friend Laura Belgray, and had the subject line was "You used to have big ones," <laughs> and she always pulls me in with those subject lines, and it was about it was about. Um, how when you're a kid, you never had a problem like selling, you know, peddling your lemonade on the side of the road, yet somehow along the way you get fear in sales and selling and marketing and how Marie can help you. And I was like, oh, she tricked me into that. <laughs> That's so good. Um, yeah, they're going to get, they're gonna have to get creative at some point because now, like, literally everyone and their mother is like an affiliate. Put in the subject line, be school peddling. Yeah. Open if interested. <laughs> You know, because, like, I, I don't want to trick people into selling the B-School, especially if they're already members or, like, and I'm, a, you know, and I am an affiliate, but um, I don't like to sell it the same way everybody else does because I feel like they're getting enough of it already. I get enough of it already. Yeah. And so I just kind of want to say, hey, I took it and it was really good for me. I don't know if it's going to be the same experience for you, but if you're interested, I'll help you. Yeah. Good for Marie, right? <laughs> yeah. It's great for Marie. Although she did... This year, she got really selective about who was going to be able to sell it, which is probably smart. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Because yeah. at some point, I guess they give they, 
she provides uh, collateral, and they can they start to butcher that. I'm sure at some point. Exactly. Yes. So, so was it yeah. uh, when you started up uh, she podcast? Was it a, a, just a function of finding someone that you really resonated with, and then you got along with, and you decide, hey, we're, uh, we should do a show together, uh, or were you trying to f- meet a certain need, or were you just tired of podcasting by yourself? Um, none actually. So, so I actually started the, uh, the group. I had no intention of doing a show whatsoever. Like I, I just wanted, um, it was after new media expo and I felt like I really, you know, I had, I had gotten to hang out with a bunch of women podcasters and it was so much fun to just have dinner with like six other women in podcasting and commiserate about the stuff we go through and like help each other with like marketing and what kind of scheduling piece we use and what guests we've already had. Like it was great. And so I was like, you know what? I want to have a little group. And it was just like the six people that were at NMX with me. Plus, you know, and Elsie, you know, Elsie was there as well. And then she was like, Oh, this is such a good idea. Can I invite some other people? And so then I opened the group up and I said, if you know, any women podcasters invite, please invite them because I really feel like we can, you know, um, all help and support each other and then Elsie, you know, she kind of messaged me separately and was like, you know, I, I'm so glad you started this group and it's so helpful and I really want to help, you know, I really want to help with it. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, sure. And so I made her an admin. Then like maybe a week or so later, she's like, you know, I've been thinking about doing a show, you know, but I had this idea for what it was going to be called. And I was like, okay, what was it going to, because at the time it was just like women podcast was the name of the like, <laughs> yeah. group. I'm, and she was like, oh, I want to do the show called She Podcasts. And I was like, oh. Such a good idea. And she was like, well, do you want to do the show with me? So I said, sure. Then I changed the name of the group. So the show actually came after the group. Got and it. her idea was to do the show. My idea was to do – so I actually – it was weird because the community started first. And then she sort of like married her idea for a show with it. And it all just kind of like clicked and worked together. Now it's – I mean I, I think I add like 10 women a day at this time. Wow. What are you, what, what total is up to? Um, I think it's 1,200. But let me take Whoa. a look. I know it's like a hundred a month. It's incredible, <laughs> isn't it? Let me look. Um, I'm going to the group right now. One thousand one hundred seventy-six members, and yet right now, and I just did this last night. I have eight requests, and it's you know one thirty here. And um, are you getting them from all over the world? I get them, yeah, from all over. I don't even know where that. Here's one. Uh, Celeste Jim is a writer for Huffington Post. Hello, Celeste. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> You know, um, this one, you know, and I usually go by like, do they have mutual friends or like I can see like what they do for a living? Because sometimes we do get like spam requests and then I have to, you know, like I say no to those. But like we're going to call um, we're going to call I'm going to call out Celeste in the when I when I post this show, I'm going to be like, we, we called you out at minute, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So eight requests. Can you believe that? And I just like I do it every night and usually I check in the morning because I don't want anyone to have to wait too long. And uh, Elsie's busy. So I try to keep it. I try to at least do like the maintenance stuff in the group so she doesn't have to deal with it. She writes crazy, awesome show notes. So I feel like it's only fair. <laughs> yeah. You were telling her how bad you feel about that. I think on the last episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can barely live with the guilt. So it sounds like you were filling. You've filled a vacuum, right? Or there, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a lot of other um, shows that are covering this topic or obviously not with I don't think there's any are there? Yeah. Well not that I know of. I can only follow one I I can only follow one female podcasting show at a time so. Without losing some of your masculinity (laughs) you mean? (laughs) Yeah maybe something like that. You guys are hilarious that's why. You know somebody tweeted me once like oh I'd love to listen to your show but 
it's you know it's she podcast and i was sort of like um yeah but we're not talking about like menstruation feel free to listen <laughs> someone yeah. sent, someone sent me a link one time it's like oh my my, my girlfriends are starting a podcast i said you know because every time you tell someone you you podcast that doesn't podcast they mention like the one podcast they know and she right. ha- she happened to have these girlfriends that started one and i listened and it was like literally like two girls podcasting about like 100% female topics and i was like oh. <laughs> okay oh, no. you know i gave it a shot but it's def i'm definitely not the target audience for this one so that was hilarious and yet still you were okay with listening to me rant about my unfair and uneven marriage when <laughs> once i had a baby that's interesting well cuz you mix it in with the podcasting tips so <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess we were we were sneaky like that for you, Harry. No, but it's what what. <laughs> but at the end of the day, right? Think about the shows you listen to. The, I mean, obviously, if you still have time to listen to, to podcasts, but it's people that. I you mean, re- yeah, it's true. You know, and if you ever have a baby, now you'll know what to be sensitive about. I guess, right? Like, yeah. You know, oh, like I de- if, oh, I definitely will believe me to be helpful and not to let the other person do all the work, right? So. And I'll think in my mind, what would Jessica do? That's right. What would I say? Would she yeah, what, call me a, a B word? And if so, <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> you, you can you can curse. No, um, you can curse on the show. Don't worry about it. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, and I wouldn't want to listen to all men, even if it wasn't about you know sports. But like, ugh, what are men? Po- you know, uh, male topics. I don't even know what that is. Like male bonding and shaving. Like, what would I? <laughs> What Spre- I care about that for? Uh, I'm, uh, some of them, I'm sure, get pretty raunchy. So, yeah, or right, or or God forbid, right that that, that I find out something about men I never wanted to know, like what, how they really think, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's podcasts because I see some of these because I follow a lot of podcasts on Twitter, I'll bet. and then I look at the topics or I look at the cover art, and I'm like, whoa, this is like bordering on like soft porn over here, or just like, oh my, ra- no, just raunchiness, like you know, they're talking about uh, just stupid topics and, and it's yeah. just like toilet humor and i'm just like wow man i guess but they've they've got all these followers and i'm like there's an audience for everyone i guess there is an audience for everyone. i bet you can find a lot of that in the comedy section i'm guessing yeah yeah uh, i mean I start, what's I, funnier I was, than toilet humor nothing yeah. well right. at some point you, you outgrow that right no apparently you don't <laughs> i mean i don't think i don't i mean you know i i really don't i think you like to i think people like to pretend like they outgrow it but they don't so how are you feeling about your show? Because I, I think, um, you know, as as it gets, I always wonder because I and I'm fascinated by people that are in like the hundreds and two hundreds and like Dave Jackson with 400. I'm just like, what, does does it ever get tired? And do you feel like at some point that you want to move on or or God forbid pod fade, right? So like, uh, yeah, I've been talking about this a lot, like with especially with Elsie and especially on She Podcast, like we did talk about pod fading and then I've sort of started considering it only because it's really hard, Harry, because um, I am starting to feel like it's possible that I've spoken and interviewed everyone that I've, you know, with the exception of like maybe 10, that there's like, that I've really interviewed everyone I might want to talk to, yeah, like ever, but at the same time, you know, then something happens. Like yesterday, my husband got a, a um, sh- he got a, a Facebook message from like a high school friend that said, "Oh my god, I had no idea your wife did Lady Business Radio. I listened to it the whole way from driving from here to Chicago. Wow. She's brilliant. She's funny." And then I'm like, "Well, dang, maybe I really shouldn't stop doing it." But 
I, I have enjoyed doing what what I did. Like a, um, I started getting to a point where I couldn't interview anymore because I was just as my pregnancy was progressing, I was kind of getting like dumber and dumber and unable to <laughs> like like focus on other people. So I started doing the Jess files, which is just me talking. Yeah, and it's shorter. It's like twenty minutes, and I can I can I can keep my own attention for like twenty minutes. And I've been enjoying that more. So I'm wondering, like, should I just change Lady Business Radio to the Just Files and then, like, pepper it in with interviews as someone interesting pops up for me? Or I don't know. I just don't know what to do about it. Maybe it's just that I've not done an interview since, like, September, October. And I feel sort of, like, lazy about starting it up again because it's an hour show. And I don't know that I can switch it to a half hour without getting to the juicy random things that are good. I think it's – I always am of the opinion that uh, at the end of the day, whatever decision you make about your show is perfectly fine because it's your show. I mean it's – I know you have this – I know people talk about this this responsibility we have to our listeners. But, but uh, I mean a lot of times I'm just like, look, it's my show. I'm going to try this out. And if you don't like it, then I guess you won't be listening anymore. And if you do, then I guess you'll keep listening. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean I don't feel responsible. I don't know. No. Yeah, I know. And I guess, I'm, I, I, there's both camps, right? I guess I feel like if people really like it, it's a shame for me not to do it anymore. And on the other hand, I feel like if I don't like it, it is a shame for me to keep doing it. So, um, But maybe it's a function of trying to find or, or holding out for just really, truly special guests. So when you do have them on, it's someone that like everyone is looking forward to that conversation. And they're going to say, wow, I can't wait to, to see Jess and this person talk. Yeah. Like when you get feedback from your show, Harry, are, are people usually commenting on the guests or are they usually commenting on you? I think uh, the commenting on the conversation, like that was a good conversation. I, I, I really enjoyed how it's like laid back and you guys were just like shooting the shit and that sort of stuff. It's, I don't know that they necessarily say like, I'm glad you had, uh, you know, I just had Jordan Harbinger on. He's like, I'm glad, you know, um, well, it just came out. So haven't had too much feedback on it yet, but I don't know that people would be like, you know, that one tip he gave was so, so valuable because he's been on so many shows. So it's almost like, what do you bring? What's the combination of me and my guests together? Like, what's that alchemy that results? um, Because that's at the end of the day, what I, I would imagine why people listen to a specific show. See, and that's the thing. Sometimes I get what you're saying. Like, sometimes I hear, like, that was such a good conversation. But sometimes I get, you know, it depends on the guest. Like, people will say, I really love her. I'm glad you had her on. But the majority of feedback I get is, um, I love listening to you. You're hilarious. And that makes me feel like I don't, maybe I don't need the guest all the time. I can just rant the way that I do. And then people would still like it. And I wouldn't have to do a different show. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, have you polled your, um, your listeners yet? No, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when this is coming out. So by then I may have already made a decision, but I'm scared to pull them. Yeah. I think you just got to ask sometimes that either in whatever, in whatever forum, I mean, if you've, if you've got a Facebook group just for the show, just, Hey guys, I'm listening, you know, or, Hey, I'm going to stop the show. What do you think? Just like make maybe make it that dramatic and see if people just automatically all jump in and be like, no, 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 don't. Yeah. One time I pulled them about whether or not I should split the show into two half hour shows and there was like a revolt. <laughs> and I didn't understand what the big deal would be about like, you know, hitting next. Yeah. But like, whatever. 
Yeah, I, 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 a lot of people I see do that. They they do like one, two, three, two parter shows, or and a lot of people used to talk about. Yeah, it'll increase your download numbers. But I'm like, yeah, it's, John it's, recommended that I do it. Yeah, it's. I'm like, it's a. So pod- I asked them what they thought about it, and they were like, "No, we'll never listen to you again." And I was like, "All right, never mind." It's a. It's a. Nowadays, it's just you just pause. Like if if the show's too long, you just pause and you just pick it back up again. So. Right. I, I don't. I don't, I don't, see what the big deal. I, I don't understand these these uh, multi part. Strong feelings. Very strong feelings. <laughs> um, so yeah. So so that's why I'm a little afraid to ask because I'm afraid you know as a people pleaser I'll be super compelled to do what they say and not what I want. Yeah, you can't do that. You got to stay real. Right. So that's why I kind of don't want to. I don't know. So anyway. So yeah. So as far as the so anyway. So you're asking me at a time where I'm like super torn about what to do because I don't necessarily want to pod fade. But that doesn't mean I want. I can keep up eight interviews a month either. I don't know if I, I can. I don't think I can do that either. So I have to. I'm in the process of coming up with some type of happy medium that works for me. I guess. Yeah, for me, I thought at some point that I would just you know, have someone help me get interviews as much as possible so I could fill up the show. But then I thought I don't want to talk to someone who I don't know, I don't resonate with, who I haven't heard before, just because they're a podcaster. And like, obviously, nowadays, there's thousands of podcasters. So I uh, would probably never run out of people to talk to. But I want it to be an interesting conversation. So I'm sort of like holding out for um, meeting people or, you know, getting connected to people like you where where I've heard them and I'm like, okay, I just know that's going to be a fun conversation, even though you've never, you know, we've never had a conversation before uh, on Skype, but I just, I get a feel for people sometimes is what I'm saying. Yeah, of course. And you can only take that person. Like if you really resonate with Elsie, she could probably recommend like 800 people. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You, you know, because she's awesome and she probably gravitates towards more awesome people. As I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know a lot. I certainly know a lot of podcasters, of course, um, that I think would be good. Um, and, you know, and I'm curious, do you only interview people who, and this shows, I guess, my my knowledge of your show, but, like, I don't know if you only interview people that have podcasts on iTunes, or do you count if they have, like, a Google show, or do you count if they have, like, a YouTube show? Like, I, I guess that's not necessarily a podcast, because you can't listen on an iPod, right? Yeah, I think it would have to be on iTunes to be considered a podcast, because if it's not just on YouTube, then they're, they're a YouTuber, I guess, right? Yeah, right. I mean, right, then they're a YouTuber, right, not a podcaster. Um, so you have to go, so you go based on iTunes. So yeah, so I mean, I know someone who, Bernie, um, Sean, who has an amazing show, but I think it's just a Google show. I don't know if it's on iTunes. They do just, they do just hangouts. Yeah, they're just hangouts, but but she's amazing. But if she, I guess, well, actually, no, I mean, it doesn't have to technically be on iTunes because there's people that have it now and host it now on SoundCloud and they're trying out different hosting options. And I guess at the end of the day, if there's an RSS feed and, and you can pull it through any sort of podcatcher, I guess that would qualify. But technically, if you look up the term podcast, <laughs> right, like it's it's meant to be an Apple piece played on an Apple product, right? Like if you have to be all crazy technical. So that's why I was asking like if what you so far have stuck to, you yeah. know? Is it, was that your inner Rob Walsh? That was, is that, did I sound like Rob Walsh? <laughs> no, because <laughs> no, I've, I've heard him and Elsie and he loves to get like super technical about what yeah. exactly a podcast is. He does. <laughs> I, I really like that about him. Yeah, he does. He does. He's very technical and serious. So he's uh, a serious dude. Having fun with this conversation, so maybe we'll have to pick it up at another point. But uh, um, what what do you think you what insights do you think you you've learned um, as with the show that you have? You know that 
or, or any surprises that you have um, when you first started podcasting, you know, what you, what you thought the show would turn out to be like and, you know, 100 plus episodes bordering on 200 episodes in, um, what, what do you think you've learned over, over the course of the, the two, two plus, yeah, almost two years that you've been doing it? You know, the one thing that I've learned um, over both shows consistently is that you have no control over your audience, their likes and their dislikes. You can gear your show to someone, but that does not mean that that person is going to listen or care ever. And like, like, so for example, when I also, when I started Lady Business Radio, I wanted it to be live. I wanted like the guests to take calls live, but I didn't want it to be a webinar, but I thought no one has a live podcast. I'm a genius. I'm going to do the first live podcast. But yet, the truth is that people like podcasts because they, they're on demand, not because they're live. Yeah. And so people were listening. I was getting super irritated when I would get like 10 people or like five people on a call. I would get so annoyed. But then I realized I was getting, that show got 200 downloads like three days later. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, well, they want to listen just not when I say so. And so I just kind of let go of that, of that live aspect of it. And the same with She Podcasts. Like – Often the people who are sending us feedback are are men. I mean, <laughs> women do too. But I would say at this point, it, it might be even. And that doesn't mean that we have an even audience. But but I know that the the vocal audience might be even. Like the people who are willing to tell us something. And actually, we had one person who is relatively well known say, like, it's a shame that I can't participate in the conversation because I'm a dude. <laughs> You need to because have you, maybe a dude week or something like that. Well, but I mean, but I, but I can't let guys in the group. Oh, no, no. Yeah, that, of course. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. And so therefore there's no way to really like engage in the discussion. And that's true. Like we don't, we don't have discussion anywhere else except Facebook and that's a women only group. So, um, so it's hard, but. And I'm sure some women would probably not want it. They're like, dudes have plenty, of, plenty of podcasts, you know, they've got plenty of forums for them to talk that's about right. their shit so like this is like this that's is exactly something right. that's, that's specifically for you and uh, you know they're not going to want some dude to come in and spoil it they don't because men can be very technical and a little condescending about tech and that's why it needs to stay women only so they yeah. feel safe and not stupid asking basic questions yeah about, I, think, like, I mean how to do this or that i think as much as yeah. I'd, I'd enjoy actually coming on the, the podcast and talking to you guys i definitely think uh have to like give you guys your space and to let you do what you do, which is cool. Well, it's just and not that even that you would do that or that these guys would do it. It's just that women just feel, you know, they, they feel something out when there are men in the group, they're less likely to ask basic questions and they need to know the answers. So I don't want to, I don't want to make people with the, those shy women feel uncomfortable anyway. But so the, but, but back to your question, like I can't control that guys are listening or not listening. I don't want to stop them from listening. I can't, con- you know what I mean? Like, like we didn't gear the show towards guys and yet they listen anyway. And we have no control over if we were to do, for example, like a live event, um, you know, and, and an even amount of each would want to come like Elsie and I have no control over that or whether or not, you know, and similarly, you know, you and I maybe are geared more towards the business podcaster, but I don't know if she podcasts is or not. I know Elsie is not anti, but she's not really interested in catering to people who are podcasting for their business. Yeah. She's also, you know, she also likes entertainment podcasts and tech podcasts and comedy podcasts. And I don't, 
you know, I, I mean, I think if she and I b- could control the show, it would go in two totally different, you know, be two totally different audiences. And we've never polled them to find out, like, are you more of a business podcaster? Or are you more of a non-business podcaster? But um, I think the fact that it's they're they're just podcasters, period, is what keeps it interesting. True. But like, so for example, like we were asked to do a seminar together and I'll review, you know, that'll be, become more into fruition soon. And, and I was just like, well, we should teach people how to, you know, get sponsorships and advertising and do it for money. And Elsie's like, but what if people are just doing it for the fun of it? Like that didn't, wouldn't even occur mm. to me. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, people podcast for fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, then maybe we should teach them something else. But, you know, I mean, neither she or I really have any say in what they're doing. We just have to find out sort of the same with lady business radio. Like if they're all stay at home moms, like that doesn't mean I, I targeted them at all. That's true. That's true. You know, but it's the one, it's the one aspect of media that you really, you know, that you can't really control. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like with your blog and your business, you can, you can have a target audience that you are in control of, but with podcasting, I don't feel like that's true. You don't know who's going to like it or not like it or why. We're we're in a really interesting time, and so we we sit here in February of uh, 2015, um, and uh, podcasting is like on everyone's lips right now, courtesy of uh, startup yeah. and serial. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, what what has got you excited, or you know, what do you think the biggest opportunities are in, in the coming year? To be honest, um, I really feel like, and I'm hoping that. It just means more eyeballs. I don't want to hope and wish for more than that because um, I just don't want to get my hopes up. But I will say that there are so many people who have started out on YouTube and become like these international sensations. And you very rarely, if ever, hear of a podcaster who's done that. Yeah. Like Serial is probably the first one. Because people who are successful on podcasts usually are so because they've had success elsewhere, like Aisha Tyler, Adam Carolla, Adam, Car- you know, those are all Mark Maron. They're all famous people elsewhere. Nobody starts a podcast and then all of a sudden is like an international sensation. Even <laughs> Sarah Koenig was on, you know, she's NPR. Yeah. You don't become like a famous person just from podcasting necessarily. So like, um, I would like to see the first, I'm not saying be the first, although, hey, that'd be amazing. But like, I'd like to see the first people start a podcast and then move that to a television show or move that to, you know, a Howard Stern type deal or move that to, you know, something big or and exciting that does warrant a significant amount of advertising. Because like I get advertisers, but they're not based on downloads. They're based on reach. And a lot of time, you know, and, and like in, in a lot of courses, including um, Podcasters Paradise, there's this mathematical equation that like a thousand downloads equals fifteen dollars in advertising. Yeah. But a lot of women's shows will never get a thousand downloads an episode. It's very hard to do that when you have an all women audience. So, but that doesn't mean I'm only charging, you know, ten dollars and forget that. I charge two fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. So so I'd like to see I guess I'd like to see a different advertising model for people that have different audiences that aren't business based, that are more of a bigger reach. Like, you know, like I'd like to, or I'd like, and I'd like to even try different types of podcasts and see if I can hit with one that isn't business oriented. Like I have a couple other ideas for shows that are more entertainment or, you know, can we, can we do one like Ricky Gervais where it has seasons? His show had like season one, season two, season three. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people do that. And I really want to try that and see if I can get one that's, you know, that's 
that's um I guess popular or well liked with that format. So that so that pod fading isn't you know, you just have four seasons and then you're done. Yeah. You're done with it. Yeah, and then it's evergreen content. Yeah. Like on Netflix or whatever. <laughs> so, so so you, you so wait, you're a podcaster and you actually have ideas for a new podcast? No way. I know. <laughs> you believe it. I never stop having ideas for podcasts. It's just a matter of what you have time to do and if you get sick of yourself, right? Here, here. Don't you have ideas for other shows too? I do. And I, and How I, many I, other ones? Uh, probably about one, you know, at least two others. I started out with one originally that I didn't do, and I ended up doing this one. So, what was it? Will you tell me the idea? For the yeah, first? I had a mobile app for electronic music because I'm a DJ, and I wanted to interview other DJs. And why didn't you do it? Uh, I felt it was going to be hard to get in contact with the type the the types of DJs that I wanted to, and then I just went to New Media Expo in January of 2014, and I saw all the entrepreneurs there and i'm like i actually like some of these podcasts so why don't i talk to these people first yeah yeah because that idea is not going away <laughs> no not at all but maybe in doing this one you'll find easier ways of doing that yeah. one and i i and it just makes me aim for bigger guests on the podcasting scene obviously one of my you know i would love to interview joe rogan i'd love to interview you know some of these sarah koenig you know so they're now on the list yeah i bet you know joe rogan probably wouldn't be hard to find yeah <laughs> let's get on that yeah, why not? Go for it. I am. Let's put it out there. <laughs> so, Jessica, uh, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. Time flew by, right? It did. <laughs> so I saw that you're also a candy connoisseur. Is Willy Wonka one of your favorite movies? Um, The old one. Yes, of course, the old one. Johnny Depp is a little creepy in yeah, that he's... new <laughs> No, I don't even watch the, the new one. Uh, that old one, I, I never get tired of. Uh, that's like the yeah but the new one's like the stuff that's my cat sorry the new one is like the stuff um nightmares are made of but yeah the old one is i love g wilder yes i do yes. love willy wonka absolutely okay. and all his candies as a matter of fact yeah. many of them never get tired of that so where where can people uh find out more about uh jess and what she's up to so my website is ladybusiness.biz and then if you are interested if you are a female podcaster and there's a group um and a website she podcasts with an S on the end, dot com. And then the group is just shepodcast.com forward slash group. And it goes right to Facebook. Okay. That's perfect. And thank you so much, really. It's been so fun talking to you.